The uh, the wheel of recipes this week includes the following: barbecue sauce, flatbread, mapa tofu, Wonder Bread. I threw martinis on here. Wow. Oh, please, let's do martinis. <laughs> Ground pork, Jello, polenta, meatballs, and canned tuna. Dave, I think we've learned that we can't wish for anything. Right. You can't say it out loud, otherwise it won't it won't happen. You're right. I take that back. Take Martini it back. gods. Here's what Rachel, you should get as the winner of this week's uh recipe club. Do you want to swap anything out for a different ingredient dish product? I didn't I honestly didn't hear anything after martinis. Can you say it again? <laughs> didn't hear anything after martinis. It is Friday afternoon, everybody. Uh ground pork, jello, polenta, meatballs, canned tuna. I just Wonder I, Bread, Mapo Tofu, barbecue sauce, flatbread. Wonder Bread? Yeah. I'll swap that out. What do you want to put in there instead? <laughs> Why? Oh, I can put Chang something else. Yeah, you can put something else in. You got to put something else in. You can't just take something off the I'm table. Gonna put, can I put martini in? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Fair. Two martinis on the wheel. You know, that's a Yale graduate for you. <laughs> I, I'm so dumb. All, all right. right so stupid. I would never. Give me eternity. I would never have thought about that. <laughs> no, I know. That was a genius move. Um, all right. You guys ready for this spin? <laughs> no whammies, no whammies. So this is like Monopoly. Come on. Oh. 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 oh and the wheel God. comes to rest gently on ground pork. I mean. I'm so let down. Guys. Is, we shouldn't have spoken it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's ground pork. Everybody. Okay. First of all, we all love ground pork. So it won't be that bad. And we can still drink martinis. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Recipe Club. We are doing it on pork. Joined, as always, with Chris Ying and returning Victor Rachel. Rachel Kong, I'm sorry. Because uh, I just looked at your name. It says Rachel Kale. I was like, what? A radish kale. I was like, what's going on on your Zoom thing? <laughs> that totally threw me for a loop. I was like, completely broke Dave. It broke Dave. You could, you... <laughs> and, and here's another thing, too. I have a... Something's wrong with my eye, and I, I'm wearing glasses, and I realize that I can't read. <laughs> I can't read this. It looks like your name, Rachel Kong, but you have radish kale. Yeah. My vision, this year, my body has decided to fall apart because of COVID, and uh, I'm now much <laughs> older, too. So my vision's gone. Apologies, Rachel. Uh, Rachel won last round, and on the wheel of death, she landed on... Instead of martinis, we landed on pork, ground pork. That's right. Was there a second, Dave, where you doubted your reality and thought this whole time that Rachel's last name might have been Kale and that you've yeah, been getting it, it wrong one of those this whole moments, time? A little bit like Seinfeld. Where I was like, oh my God. <laughs> have I been calling her Kong this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first name's Radish. <laughs> Very trippy. Yeah, so this week we've got ground pork. Um, as we've been doing the last few episodes, uh, not exploring a specific dish, um, but a ingredient. And this is a, well, it's up for debate whether or not you guys think this is a universally popular ingredient. Google says, when I search for it, there are 225 million results when you search for a ground pork recipe. But the first thing I will say is ground pork plays a huge role in our house. We eat ground pork all the time. I'm always surprised. I'll sometimes go to Whole Foods and they won't have ground pork. 
just that it won't even be there. Which leads me to believe maybe my reality is messed up. And in the radish kale reality, lots of people don't eat ground pork. What do you guys think? Well, how do you, how does your pork come packaged like your ground pork? Do you buy it in the package or do you buy it from the butcher counter? I tend to buy it from the, from the meat counter, uh, from the big log of, (laughs) of ground pork there. But I guess sometimes they do have it like pre, pre vacuum sealed. But like, I guess my bigger question is, you know, ground pork, obviously not to just immediately go here, but like Asian people eat ground pork, right? Like it's, it plays a role as like a seasoning as much as anything else. And it's, it's everywhere pork meatballs, but is it not something that a lot of American households are eating? What do you think, Chang? I don't know about that. Um, I probably think it's uh, more prevalent in Italian, Italian American households, uh, ground mm-hmm. pork and sausage. I think that people may not realize how much ground pork they eat when they do eat sausage, but they may not be buying ground pork in and of itself. Asian households, for sure. Growing up, I think the only time we ever bought ground pork was when my mom was making mandu, Korean dumplings. I think maybe ground pork is more common in Chinese households. Because I keep on thinking about meatballs in Chinese cuisine, and they're almost exclusively made with pork. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's almost the meat of choice in all of Asian cooking, but uh, we've talked about the, the mystical, magical properties of pork. But I never really had ground pork in any form other than mandu. And we've already done a recipe club on, on, on dumplings where I lost. Because um, <laughs> you didn't use pork. I clearly <laughs> lost because I didn't use pork. But you guys grew up eating ground pork on the regular? Uh, yeah. I mean, lion's head meatballs, like you said, that was a big staple at our house. Um, a nice surprise that always, would always happen for me. We had rice every night in our electric rice cooker. And every now and then, my parents, I'd open the rice cooker and find that they had steamed a Chinese meatloaf, which is just ground pork with Chinese pickled cucumbers and then <laughs> salted duck egg. And it would be a nice little surprise to find that sitting on top of the rice, just like in a little pie tin they had thrown in there and steamed with the rice. But uh, yeah, lots of lots and lots of ground pork in my house. What, do you about, what about you, Rach? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the like predominant ground meat in my household, probably. Nobody was making balls because there's no time for that. But... <laughs> You know, no like time I for think balls. there's the no Rachel, time for the balls. The Rachel Kong story. In uh, you know, two parents working, but we did have like a lot of, um, I don't know, like the ground pork would show up in like sauces or maybe in soups. Like my mom did a seaweed soup that just had ground pork in it, or like steamed ground pork and eggs. I did. You guys definitely grew up with ground pork. This is a, a, no, <laughs> a, a like a novel thing. This is interesting. This is interesting. Did did either of you come from, I guess probably not you, Chang, but like, what about not ground, but like chopped, like hand chopped pork? Because that's like a lion's head meatball. Like the best kind is not a ground through a machine. It's it's hand minced. But like, I've never had that in my life. That's not a part of my like thing that's, at all. That's what I remember growing up is like my mom squatting on the kitchen floor with like her newspaper spread out and her giant cleaver from Chinatown that she would just like hack it pork with so Whoa. that's very familiar to me and <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting a eat drink man woman vibes <laughs> where you're you're hearing the rhythm of the cleaver go very hypnotic sound yeah and she's probably multitasking reading about world events back then too yeah. Sure. She's reading the Chinese newspaper on which she is squatting, just reading yeah. up and using it to keep things clean. Well, okay, so Rachel wins for ground porkiest life. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, hold on, hold on. Just because I didn't grow up eating ground pork doesn't mean that it wasn't, again, the meat of choice in the Chang household. Pork belly mm-hmm. all day, every day, and still <laughs> uh, in 2020. Is it 2021 or 2020? It's 2021. It's 2021, 2021, and Joe Biden is president. <laughs> oh my god! I'm probably going to ask that at least a dozen more times. Uh, is it 2020 or 2021? Um, a lot of pork belly. I just looked in my freezer. There's uh, two different thickness of pork belly, and mm-hmm. I have pork. Co- I frozen pork collar and I frozen pork shoulder. But I had to buy ground pork for this, you know, recipe club. But growing up, I think we ate pork belly at least once a week. Or spam. I don't really know what part of 
the pork, ground pork is from? Do you guys? I mean, you guys must. I think it's the ham. It's okay. all the scraps, but I think it's the hindquarters for the most part, and a lot of times the shoulder. Yeah, that seems that sounds right to me, based on nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just based on Dave probably being right. That's what I'm basing my agreement with. Well, let's break. Let's break it down. Okay, people are buying the the the, the racks, right? right. That's yeah. been uh, cryovacked and sold. You're 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 selling the tenderloin as its separate cut. The belly we know is being made into bacon or sold to you know, Korean people. <laughs> to Dave. <laughs> yeah. Just to Dave. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, again, that Netflix show is not wrong. Like, Korean people just can't stop eating fucking pork belly. <laughs> and again, growing up, my mom would say, no fat, it's good for you. It's healthy. No fat. But obviously, <laughs> it's all fat. Um, so you have those cuts. I think the only thing that's left are the head and some of the scraps you have the shanks, you have the hawks that are going to get smoked and sold. So it's probably going to be, you know, above the the hawk to the shoulder. You could probably take meat off there. It's probably going to be a ham or a shoulder. There's no, that's, that's all that's yeah, left. Yeah, probably just some trim from making clean loins and yeah, off yeah. The, the skirts and stuff like that. But yeah, it's probably shoulder, right? And it's, it's fatty. I mean, ground pork is fatty. Yeah. How do you guys compare like ground pork to other ground meat? Like when you decide to buy some ground meat, what are you weighing in your heads? My first choice when I'm buying ground meat without a plan, without a specific idea in mind is ground pork, just because it's more versatile to me and I can use it in small. Like, well, when I said it, it's like a seasoning, like that's really how we mostly ate it. I, I think when I was young was it's... You want the taste of meat with your vegetables, but you're not making a stir fry. It's just like a quarter pound of ground pork stir fried. And then you throw the vegetables in because you want the fat and you want that meat taste. Yeah. A long time ago, many years ago, Wiley Dufresne and I got, um, I can't remember the name. It was a Spanish culinary magazine. And it was the first time we saw the cuts of Spain. Like uh, not all countries have the same cuts that we have in America. In Spain, they are pork masters. Every country except America, which only eats hot dogs and bacon, are pork masters. But they have their own cuts. And they have the secreto, the lomo, like different cuts. And uh, I remember us, I think we split a pig. That was when like, we were working very closely with this farmer. And we got all the primal cuts of, uh, of, the, of that, the secret different cuts that you could get from Spain from Iberico pigs. But then everything else, we just turned into ground pork because... That's what you do. It's like once you get the primal cuts or the cuts that you're, you desire, nothing goes to waste. And I've gone, you know, my friends that have gone hunting for elk or other animals and they bring it back outside of like the cuts that you're most associate with eating like protein, everything else gets turned into ground meat. So it's, it's the catch all. I think it's an incru- incredibly frugal way of eating. And clearly it's how I think most of the world eats the meat is ground. Yeah, I just, when I buy ground meat, I often, like Chris, I go for pork because I just think about, I don't know where I read this, but like, you know, I read that fact that like chick, ground chicken is, you know, some percentage of poop. Ugh, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't quote oh, me no. on this, but I feel like I, I read an article Rich. or something that was like ground chicken has, you know, there's a certain amount of poop that is allowed in ground chicken. Wait, Rach, radish kale. Did you read this on one of those like when you're like scrolling through a weird like thing on social media or something, and it cl- clicks no. on like find out the 32 celebrities that like grew 16 inches because of surgery, and that's like where you got this information. Doctors <laughs> say stop eating this food immediately. <laughs> Give us your social security number to find out what it is. We're gonna find this out. Okay. It's just in my it's just in my head, but that's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm not buying ground chicken. I'm buying ground pork instead. No, it's I I, I think that uh, the weird thing about that fact, Rachel, is that it's not chicken poop. Can I can I just are any of you guys though like freaked out a little bit by the sanit sanitary aesthetics of these perfect one pound square blocks yes. of ground meat? Yes, yeah. like the, you know, you buy those cubes, those squares of like ground beef or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I weird. buy them, but it's weird. 
It feels like we're in a, you know, like a future universe where like all the meat comes in squares and it doesn't matter where it's from. Yeah, they're basically meat starbursts, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they really are. And especially how I open these packages of ground meat. I don't know how you, you just, guys do it. You just bite into them? No, I, t- <laughs> I flip the corn, you know, there's the label side, which is flat. And then, right. and then I flip it over. And then I just make an X incision with a knife <laughs> and then I fold it open and I take all the meat out like it's a starburst. <laughs> you do your X on the flat side or the not flat side? On the not flat side, the 3D oh, side. Yeah. I, Whoa. <laughs> the 3D, that's the weird thing. I that's do my X weird. on the flat side. I thought that that was the normal way, the flat side. Uh, I mean, for fuck's sake, like uh, maybe who gets to eat like freshly ground beef? Like that's just not happening i'm saying my mom squatting on the floor with the cleaver that's that's the closest that defeats the purpose of ground beef in america or ground meat where it's like it's instant like i'd yeah. rather eat tofu if i have to chop my own fucking meat yes. <laughs> I have to chop my own ground pork uh well none of us chopped i imagine for our three recipes today right we just bought our protein bricks our starburst packs of mixed meat flavors tropical flavors and the three recipes we chose this week are Dandan noodles from Rachel, who chose from, uh, what is it called, Rachel? Omnivore's Cookbook? Omnivore's Cookbook, a blog. I chose a Thai pork larb from SBS, which is sort of like the Australian BBC. And Dave Chang chose Danish pork burgers, a.k.a. Frikadella. Frikad- <laughs> Do you know how to say it, Dave? I don't know. Frikadella from Simply Recipes, uh, another... I'm going to call this a blog. Who wants to go first this week? Who wants to talk about the recipe? I think it's it's Rachel as winner has to go first, oh right? Oh, my fucking God. Wow. 48% of chicken products <laughs> tested positive for fecal <laughs> contamination. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to have brought Jesus this Christ. up. Well, let's just be honest. Like, your eggs come through its butthole. butthole. No, <laughs> no, Dave. It doesn't come through its butthole. <laughs> Listen, it, it actually, so it it, can, it comes from the cloaca. Which is the is the butthole, Chris? But it's, weird, it's I don't have a butthole. I only have a cloaca. <laughs> no, it's also it's also so it's basically like the the opening for all the things. I just know this from editing a cookbook called All About Eggs with Lucky Peach Magazine. Just quick quick digression. Sorry to interrupt, but you remember when we sat around the office just watching eggs come out of cloaca? Yes, and- I do remember that. <laughs> you, if you want a fun time, you can look up uh, videos online of. Eggs coming out of chickens' cloacas. Just, just say buttholes. Come on. Buttholes. <laughs> but actually, the cool fact is that, like, when the egg is coming out of the chicken's opening, like the tube in there flips like a sock, so the egg never comes in contact with any fecal matter. It's like a very clean process on the chicken's I, end. I, 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 I'm highly dubious that it's totally clean. <laughs> it's clean, and it's it's human error that introduces fecal matter back into chicken meat. <laughs> Well, if anybody's well, still way, out there. Way off, to- way off topic. <laughs> Buttholes, fecal matter, chicken, and now we're talking about ground pork. Oh Welcome God, to the Resi Club. So Part of the hungry. Spotify. <laughs> I think Dave should go first because you picked you picked your recipe first. Okay, okay. Okay, we can make Dave go first. All right, Dave. From uh, Simply Recipes, Danish uh-huh. pork burgers. So uh, I, I just like picked the recipe quickly and... Uh, <laughs> I, again, I was trying to find the least amount of work humanly possible, and it dawned on me that one of my favorite ground pork recipes was something I had in Iowa. And it, crazy enough, this recipe, simply recipe, Danish pork burgers, Danish frikadeller, or something like that, um, <laughs> is based on a recipe that I've actually had from probably the greatest hog farmer in American history, or even the world, Paul Willis. And it's a recipe from his wife, Phyllis, and I have been to Paul's farm, and I have actually had Phyllis's pork burger. So wait, I wait, wait! Could... You've had this exact so so just to back uh-huh. up. Ringer. So this so this recipe, this blog mentions Paul Willis and says they learned this recipe from Paul Willis's wife. You're saying that you've had this exact yeah, Paul I, Willis. This is completely com- completely thing. independent. That like I just was like fuck it, I'm just gonna choose a quick recipe that's like a pork burger like I was just googling pork burger because like I want to keep it simple 
And then I was like, oh shit, I've actually had this because it's a recipe from Paul Willis. Cause like right when I looked at it, I was like, I've had this from Phyllis and it's fucking awesome. I've had it with like a <laughs> tall glass of milk overlooking like Iowa oh fields of vegetables and corn, wow. blah, blah, blah. And their beautiful house, farmhouse. And, um, you know, Paul Willis is responsible for creating the, 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 the genesis of the pork program for Nyman Ranch. And he's legitimately a super important farmer for America and raising the standards of how pigs are raised and how farmers get, you know, their economics. And he oftentimes is flown around the world to help, you know, developing countries with their pork programs because it's cheaper and better clearly to do it without pesticides and all this other shit. But anyway, I was there visiting, uh, believe it or not. Yes, chef visit the farms where our food comes from. And I spent some time with Paul Willis and I kept on hearing about these pork burgers and uh, they did not disappoint when Phyllis made them for me. And they were as simple as possible. I'll never forget when I asked her the recipe, she actually told me and the key was milk and saltines. So this actually was the recipe. So I was surprised that I chose a recipe without knowing it was going to be about Phyllis's pork burger. And here it was, I made it. And it's a crazy simple recipe, uh, ground pork, one pound, dice of red onions, 16 saltines, half a cup of whole milk, two eggs lightly beaten, tablespoon of kosher salt, pepper, Dijon mustard for serving. I made it in three minutes and mm -hmm. I, I, I pan fried them off, but instead of using Dijon, I made a Japanese bulldog sauce and I chiffonaded some cabbage, green cabbage wow. that I had bought because of the, the, the larb, Chris's larb. And, um, it was awesome. First of all, I do not believe that this is a coincidence. I'm scrolling through the about page on Simply Recipes, waiting to see Dave Chang's photo show up as a contributor. <laughs> this is too... 100% coincidence. I swear to fucking God. This is wild, man. Because I thought that was a super interesting part of this, that this came from, like you said, Paula Willis, one of the most important hog farmers in, in the country, founding hog farmer of Nyman Ranch. But uh, as for the recipe, man... I responded when you sent this through, I was like, this is a winner. This is without even cooking it. I was like, this is going to win my heart over it because like you said, it was three minutes. It's so family friendly. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I made, I didn't want the Dijon mustard for serving. My, my kids didn't want it either. I wanted to see what the mustard had to add. And I had a bunch of mushrooms on hand. So instead of mustard, I went, I made like a mushroom gravy and threw wow. a bunch of mustard Sounds in there, great. which was really good. It's and like then mashed potatoes. Steak. Like a Salisbury steak, exactly. With mashed potatoes, fuck. This was, it was just so easy and good. So good. For my bulldog sauce, I did Worcestershire, ketchup, oyster sauce, some soy sauce, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, it just needed that acidity or sharpness yeah. or something. Like, that's all it needed. What did, what, how, did you, how did you do this, Rach? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was also, you know, super easy. It was so simple to pull together, like... Yeah, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. The crumbling the saltines was like the most intensive part. <laughs> and that actually brought me a lot of joy, just like crushing saltines in my yeah, fist. Right? It so was good. really, it was really fun. Um, I also thought it really needed like acidity, and that was what the mustard, I think, is recommended for. You know, you need that kind of sharpness to to balance it out. I kind of thought it was just you know, it was solid and it was good, but I don't know that I would follow this exact recipe again and like buy more saltines just for this. Like <laughs> I would have done it with some other breadcrumbs. I thought it was like pretty oniony. I thought it reminded me of a latka a little bit, just kind of like oily and oniony. Tell us how you really feel. latka. <laughs> I, I think, um, I hear you on the onion, like one West coast, California sized onion is too big. So I did half of one because mm. our red onions are huge out here. I disagree on the saltine thing because this was my excuse to buy a fucking gigantic thing yes. of saltines. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy you said that because uh, I have already bought another box of saltines. <laughs> I bought a huge thing for 16 yeah. saltines. I think I probably bought uh, yeah. 450 saltines and I'm almost That's out. how they come. I'm almost That's out. how they come. I haven't had saltines in, I don't know, maybe... 25, 30 uh, years. Um, they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. And I haven't stopped eating them. Um, it is, it is so pretty I bought nuts. another box. It's brought me so much joy. You're not, not into saltines, Rachel? No, I love saltines. I just think, you know, 
for a meatball or for a, a burger recipe, like a kind of patty recipe, you shouldn't let not having saltines stop you. Like it just oh, felt like another, you know, like a thing to buy that they're delicious, but also. Well, come on. That's yeah. a little bit like. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a recipe. Come on. Like, like, let's just. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about buying shit. That you Jesus Christ. Uh, one last note on this. I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a solid it's a solid recipe to me, especially if you kind of adjust the onion and you love saltines and you've got a family to I don't think it's a solid recipe. For. I'm no bullshit. If one of you guys chose this recipe, I would say this is an amazing recipe. It's so fucking simple. You could clearly doctor this any which way of any part of the globe that you want to sort of flavor. And it's a great base. And even if you just cook it as the recipe, it's super delicious with a bowl of rice in between a hamburger bun. That's what it is. I, I recommend one thing though, when you make it, you should cook it like a smash burger where you literally smash. It, it's a very moist mix. That's yeah. what she says. Put it, she says it just like put, I think it is just like drop them in and then smash them into the pan is the yeah, best. So way it's to very do it, regular. And I, I'll be honest. I think with a slice of American cheese cooked, well done, crispy, that would make an amazing burger. So this was, this was the thing. I'm, I, you know, we had some leftover, we had one or two leftover and I put them on potato rolls the next day with QB oh. mayo and whatever. And my wife was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's it as a burger burger. It's fucking amazing. I ate them cold from the fridge and they were pretty good. <laughs> oh man. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> it was, yeah. The only thing that meat. stopped me from eating them cold was the prospect of eating them warm in a bun the next day. <laughs> it's just like, that's the only reason I didn't finish them. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right. You want to go next, Rachel? You want to talk about your... your we've, we've alluded to it, but you did Don Don Noodles. You want to go? Yeah. Well, so I just, you know wanted to do some kind of pork and noodle combo just because I feel like that's something that's always delicious. I feel like I've been, you know, like feeling the pandemic and quarantine pretty hard and like just miss going to Chinese restaurants and like Sichuan restaurants and eating that kind of food. And I haven't really cooked much of that at home. And so I found this recipe for Don Don noodles from Omnivore's Cookbook, which is this like Chinese blog, uh, recipe blog by this woman named Maggie, who is, I think, based in New York. She's raised in Beijing. And she was like very detailed in this blog post just about like the ingredients that go into it, how she likes to prepare everything and like the sequence and stuff. So I just felt like she was a person that I could trust. Uh, the recipe itself, I guess, is, um, you know, you make this noodle sauce with 
sesame paste and soy sauce and vinegar and some other stuff. You cook the pork with, she says like overcook the pork with um, like ginger and green onions and this like fermented mustard green that comes packaged and also fermented black beans. And I think that's, um, yeah, all, all cooked together. It's pretty simple. And then you like assemble it with like the sauce at the bottom, the noodles, the pork, some green vegetable and like chili oil and you mix it all together. And and that's and that's the Don Don noodles. And Don Don noodles are, it's like so many other Sichuan dishes where I've had so many different versions of this, but it's essentially like it started out as like a street food. I think Don Don, me and Don Don noodles refers to like the, the pole that the kind of vendor would carry around with like the noodles hanging from it and like all the sauces. And you just like, we walk up to the peddler and they would mix all these things together and make you a quick bowl of like, uh, of these noodles uh, on the street. But it's, it's like Mapo Dofu where depending on where you go, it can be sweet. It can be sesame. It can be peanut. It can be spicy. It can be soupy. It can be dry. There's a billion different versions of it. And I had kind of, I don't make this at home ever. <laughs> Like, because there's too many fucking ingredients to buy. Never, um, ever made it at home. And I am the kind of person who, like, formerly this kind of person who would, like, read a recipe like this and say, so I've got, I'm going to go to Whole Foods, I'm going to go to 99 Ranch, and I'm going to go to another place to get all the exact things I need. And I'm slowly trying to recover from being that kind of terrible person who then has, like, you know, five, six of a bag of preserved Chinese vegetables sitting in their fridge for the next seven years. So I, I messed with this recipe just using what I had on hand. I resisted the urge to go to 99 to buy the vegetables and buy the specific noodles. And, um, the end result was great. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's, if it reflects the recipe, but like what I made at the end of the day was amazing. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about sort of like how I fucked with it a little, but, uh, I'll give Dave a chance to to chime no, in. No, talk about finish finish up. Well, so, okay, like here's here's what I liked about this recipe. I liked that it was sort of set up like a vendor had it, where you've got a dressing, you've got your cooked noodles and a topping, and you can just kind of mix them to your own liking. That's how she has it set up. And since I've got kids who have different tastes than me and my wife, like this lent itself perfectly. So I made the the dressing, which is you know, vinegar. I didn't have black vinegar for once. I just used rice vinegar. I didn't have the Chinese sesame paste. I used like unsweetened peanut butter and a bunch of sesame oil, made a dressing, cooked off the noodles, cooked the pork topping, like she said, which is like, it's, it's not overcooked. It's just, you're cooking the pork until it's like browned and crunchy a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I didn't add any Sichuan peppercorn. I didn't add any chili oil to either, to any of that. So I made my daughter a bowl and then I promise I'm not shilling here, but <laughs> because my wife loves numbing spice and she loves spicy. Like I made the same thing I made for my daughter, but just housed it with Momo tingly salt and chili crunch and like chain in the dish was perfect. It was crazy. And it was like that. I know I like, I know, I know I sound like a shill, but it like made all the difference to be able to just like add those extra flavors on top. And the fact that there's like salt in the tingly salt and t salt in the chili crunch also meant like my kid was eating less, a less salty version than we were. So I was very, I was really, really happy about that. I didn't blanch the vegetables. I'd microwaved it. Um, I think that the whole thing overall, like this kind of recipe to me is really intimidating to home cooks because of all these ingredients and all these steps. But like you can streamline this. I'd made this thing in 20 minutes and I, I really liked it. I like the recipe, but I wish I ate it in the moment that I made it. Like I made it early in the day and I wrapped it so we would eat it later. Cause Dan Dan to me is something that is great cold or room temp, you know, New York has very good Sichuan restaurants. They're not, you know, they're just really good delivered Dan Dan noodles because they can be served room temp, cold, uh, Cafe China, Cafe Blue. There's a lot of good Dan Dan noodles in New York. And to me, the, the dilemma is one reason I never made it is because I can always get it delivered and it's always anywhere from five to eight bucks, right? And it's always put in the appetizer section of, <laughs> of menus too. And that's a dilemma. That's the, my real dilemma is shit. I got to get Dan Dan. You have to get Dan Dan noodles. Number one. And then it's like, do you get two Dan Dan noodles? <laughs> right. Because you really like one Dan Dan noodles are really only enough for like one person. So you got to like, if you share, you're only going to get like 
two bites. This is the delivered version, right? And you also have to mix it up well, because a lot of times they put all the sauce and then they pack the noodles on top and you got to mix it up really well. And that that this is just one of my favorite foods is Dan Dan noodles. So I was really excited that Rachel chose this. But, you know, to me, it's always a mixture of do you get Dan Dan noodles and fried rice and do you get like a chow mein or a lo mein? So then you have like three fucking noodles or <laughs> two noodles in a starch. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I similar to Chris, I didn't want to ma- buy everything. Partly because of the pandemic, like we, I got the most of the groceries for this episode delivered, but I wasn't able to go to 99 Ranch or get things delivered that I might normally would have or gone to the store. And I didn't get the the dandan noodles and they're a specific kind of noodle, right? They're like a, a fresh spaghetti almost, if you had mm-hmm. to think about it, right? Without egg yolk. Spaghetti doesn't have egg yolk anyway, but I made all the sauce in a blender and I did have the Sichuan peppercorns. I had some of the the pickled yachai tuber because I always have that because I like just eating that with rice. So I had most of the ingredients. I didn't have the fermented black beans, but I had uh, the jang, the Korean sauce, the black fermented black bean that's used to make jajimian. And I had a package of dry jajimian noodles. So I used that instead. And I don't think that's a wise move. I think this <laughs> dish is way better with thin noodles than thick noodles, number one. You cannot, I don't think that's a substitution. You have to use really thin noodle, not super thin, but spaghetti width. Because you're looking at it, it's like, it's like, it's basically like a cold spaghetti, in, in my opinion. And I blanched all the, the the greens while I was, this is a, a sandbag move. I'm just letting everyone know. I always, always throw my, my vegetables at the last minute of uh, boiling my pasta. So I just mm-hmm. cooked it all at the same time. And uh, I did not use chili crunch. Clearly, I could have. But because I didn't have the fermented black beans, I chose to go with the OG, Lao Gan Ma. Because it has fermented black beans on it. And that made the dish like a nine out of ten. Rachel, you didn't say how did you how does yours turn out? How did you how did you like this? Yeah. So I as I was making it, I was like, oh, shoot. Dave and Chris are just going to complain about how it's so many steps, but I don't think it's that hard, right? Like nothing is that. No, it's not hard. Nothing is hard. Like there's just a little bit of chopping, right? Like mincing of ginger and like garlic and stuff like that. Yeah. Like green onion, just like a little bit of chopping. There's some mixing and then it's just like kind of planning and, you know, making sure you make the noodles, you have the sauce, these various toppings, but you know, I just love dandan noodles and I thought it was delicious and it really hit the spot. Um, for me, you know, I have most of these ingredients, I think. The ones that I didn't have, I was really excited to buy from, um, I went to like Mala Market, which is mm. an online, I think it's like a mother and daughter owned online store that sells um, ingredients from all over China that are more... Um, you know, like artisanal, I guess, um, just like have a lot of intention put into it. And so I got like the the black beans and the mustard greens from there. And I am just excited to have them on hand, you know, like if you're a person who doesn't have fermented black beans in, in some form, like fermented beans are a delicious so good. condiment and you should have them. Like you should probably buy them. <laughs> I, I So I, I think like... There's obviously lots of online resources where you can order this stuff now, and I, I think you absolutely should. The the pickled greens, which I think are actually some kind of sprout and different than mustard greens. Somebody who's Chinese is better is going to have to chime in on our Facebook group or something. But that like sui mi ya tai or whatever is like a sprout, I think. And I just mm-hmm. didn't have it. I know I know exactly the taste. I love it on rice too, but I really wanted to make a point of like. I want to make this, my my pantry is pretty well stocked, but it doesn't have all this stuff. Can I still make it delicious? What is the function of that in this dish? You know, it's like, it's umami and it's acidity and it's a little sweetness, right? So I just had, my, my mother-in-law makes bread and butter pickles. So I just mm-hmm. chopped those up and put it in and it was super Whoa. delicious in there. You know, just repurposed for this. Um, what do you guys think if I'm living in a place that has no access to Asian noodles, like I was able to buy fresh, thin wheat noodles, but if I don't, I would turn to dried angel hair, angel hair pasta. Exactly. I would use yeah. angel hair. 
Yeah. I yeah. think it's the most Asian of the Italian pastas. <laughs> and nobody wants it. It's always the last pasta on the shelf. It's like so at the beginning cheap of the pandemic. Too. Isn't that just racist? <laughs> Against angels and yeah. their hair. Uh yeah, I think angel hair is 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 the move. I think anyway, I mean, whatever. You can make this dish even without access to most of the stuff. The only thing that you're probably gonna have trouble with making this without is is the Sichuan peppercorn, the chili oil. Of all the things that are crucial, right? And the Chinese pickled mustard cabbage thing. And there's different varieties of that. And honestly, that's one of my favorite pickles, but it's so fucking hard to make on your own. It's damn near impossible to do well. It's like a double fermentation. You dry it, you mm-hmm. <laughs> ferment it, and then you dry it again, and then you soak <laughs> it in solution. And it's such a pain in the ass. So it's almost <laughs> always easier to just buy it in these packs. But as Chris just explained, you could sort of substitute it out. I think the one thing that you cannot substitute in this dish, and not even talking Sichuan peppercorns, is the Chinese vinegar, black vinegar. Mm-hmm. That to me is the most distinct flavor that makes this dish so unique and delicious. So, but Chris did it. He I, sub- I substituted it out, and I don't I, think I, you can do it. That's just I me. don't. I I, I mean, we've had this. <laughs> Dave and I have had this argument about black vinegar versus rice vinegar, and I prefer black vinegar for sure. And I think it is a distinctive taste in here. I just didn't have it this time. I assumed I had it, but I agree that this it is it is foundational to it, and it would be great in there. I think. Yeah, looking at all the ingredients, that's probably the the most inimitable one. Because it's not just about the acidity; it has all of the, the, the yeah. those unique flavors that I don't know how to describe. It's almost like a black malted caramel. Like it's it's yeah. it's yeah. I do think this is like a good recipe for just like looking at and considering all the components. You know, you can you can substitute things, but just like thinking about like, oh, this, there's this much sweetness, there's this much acidity, there's this much, I don't know, mm-hmm. like soy saucy type stuff. Um, and then like adjusting to your own tastes. I think this is like a good guideline for that. I think this recipe also reminded me that ground meat is really good sauteed with like... Asian sauce, <laughs> you know, like I think I forget that all the time. Like I think I have to like start from scratch with like, like cooking, right? Like yeah. I, I think I just forget about condiments sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to second that statement because when I was cooking the ground meat, I love it. It's just throw it, get it brown, throw all your shit in there. If I just cooked that and ate it with rice, mm-hmm. I would have been so happy. Yeah, it's a it's a perfect topping, and that's the thing. It's a topping, right? That's how she. That's how it's, it's described. It's not. It's not a ragu. <laughs> it's a topping that goes on with your dressed noodles. A, a sugo. A sugo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a forty-eight hour sugo. <laughs> Can I just tell everybody how much I fucking hated that that became a thing in the past five years? No, it's not. A, it's a sugo. You don't even know where that fucking name came from. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I just the sugo, the the sugo penetration was too much. So I, I, I actually, I want to jump off your point there, Rachel, just about like, uh, and Dave, what you're saying, just like you throw the pork in there, you you brown it, and it's kind of a crumbly rice topping, which is very different than the way the pork behaves in Dave's recipe, which is you know formed into a one burger that holds itself together, and then it's actually different from the the way it's done in in my recipe, which is the the larb, right? So it's not hard cook into a into a browned crunchy thing. It's this. It's like cooked in a little bit of liquid. So it's like uh, it's it's not quite sautéed, right? In in a, in a larb. So um, let's just jump into that last recipe, which I I had originally picked a another pork based rice and noodle topping, which felt too close to Rachel's jurisdiction. So she uh, she helped pivot me into this larb. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is a uh, larv is a, I think it's traditionally Lao, right? And it's a, a meat salad. So it's basically just like cooked ground meat, um, which can be chicken, beef, pork, duck, fish, um, tossed with a kind of fish sauce and lime vinaigrette and a bunch of fresh herbs. And then you eat it with, you know, more raw or, or blanched veggies. And so mine came from SBS, which I said at the top of the show is kind of like the uh, Australian PBS or BBC or something. Dave, you, you got any yeah, yeah, yeah. insight into that? By the way, Australia has fucking amazing Thai food. Yeah. But incredible Thai food. Sydney specifically, man. Oh, it's so, so good. fucking good. So good. 
it's 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 outrageous um so yeah i i i kind of because for that exact reason i sort of trusted this recipe just because i think the level of discourse around thai food in australia is so high like i assume that the recipe is gonna be pretty good and i actually not made larb at home before this well i i've never made larb before rachel have you ever made larb before? I've made it a couple times, and I pivoted Chris to larb because I love larb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, the one of like the kind of main ingredients in this that I should have mentioned is this toasted rice. So you you toast a bunch of rice in a dry pan until it's golden brown or whatever, and then you know they say here to grind it in a mortar and pestle. I was really excited to do that in my mortar and pestle and I was looking all over the house for it, but I found out that my wife had moved it to the basement because of its disuse and therefore it didn't get used again. And uh, now it will never be used. Uh, You grind this into kind of like a a powder, which gets mixed in with the cooked meat and green onions. And it calls for coriander roots, which is a a big Southeast Asian ingredient that is almost never available uh, in my experience in America. Garlic, white pepper, um, you toss all of that, you season it with lime juice and fish sauce, mix it with uh, mint leaves, cilantro leaves, and then you serve it with cabbage, green beans, cucumber, uh, sticky rice. And that's that's larb in this iteration. Uh, what would you guys think? What did you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what uh, did you think? I- <laughs> I liked it. My kids couldn't eat it. It was I, I overdid it on the white pepper. I didn't do some of the methodology. Like I said, I didn't use a mortar and pestle to make a paste. I didn't have coriander roots. Wait, what did I you just, do? You just I just blitzed it in a little mm. Nutribullet type thing, and then you know the, the method calls for like cooking the meat and then straining it and then using a little bit of the cooking liquid to season it, which I just ignored completely and just seasoned the whole thing with lime juice and fish sauce, which seems smarter to me. And then my taste is I get the raw cabbage. I get the raw green beans. I get the raw cucumber on the side, but like I wanted them to be like a little cooked. So I microwaved all of them for a couple minutes just so they were like a little bit softer. But uh, I don't know. My wife and I love this. You guys are just silent. I'm so confused about what's happening here. I feel so terrified. I'm so scared. Dave, do you want to go? No, 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 no. I could talk. I mean, I, so I, I liked this recipe a lot. It was really easy. You know, you just kind of heat up some. (laughs) I have like the distinct impression. I'm looking at the two of you on the Zoom and I have like this distinct feeling that like my mom and dad are about to tell me they're getting Mm -hmm. divorced. Like what the fuck is going on? No, no, (laughs) no. No, I'm just, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it was like really easy. I thought it tasted like larb, obviously. I, um, you it know, tasted I think, like larb. I think unlike you, Chris, I do like that. You know, it makes me, it reminds me of like eating it in a restaurant or something like the raw vegetables on the side, like just like crunching into raw cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually think it's indispensable. You have to have a raw cabbage to eat larb. Yeah, it's like so spicy and sour yeah. that you want something to just like cool your mouth down. I had the same effect. I mean, I was, I'm not talking about like I cooked the cabbage through. I just like put it in the microwave for like a minute and 20 seconds and it was just Whatever, like a little more Feel free pliable. to change like, you know... <laughs> Hundred year history of Thai yeah. cuisine and culture. Oh Just do whatever God. you want. Dave, Dave, now coming at me for changing recipes. Insane. Uh, I can see that. I hear you. I feel you. But I think you know, like, so the recipe. I I ate it. I enjoyed it. I think I just like my own taste. I wanted like a fresh chili, and I just happened to have a bunch of like Thai bird chilies in the refrigerator. So I like chopped up some of those and put yeah. it in to make it spicier. I added more herbs because I feel like LARP to me is so much about just like this really herby yes. big mess. Um, so that's what I did. But otherwise, yeah, I thought it was good. And we're not separating Chris. We're still married. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that this was not, I'm just going to be it's going to sound racist. There's no other around it. This was larb for white people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the problem that the reason that I didn't pick a larb and I made Chris pick one is that I couldn't find a larb recipe by a Thai person. All right. So if we're going to real talk this, fine. That was I, like I spent forever trying to find a recipe with an Asian person's name on it and that had pork as a feature. And it was damn near impossible. Because no, no, I don't know of any Thai person that would be like, Use a dried chili pepper. <laughs> just, it's yeah. just, it just calls for half a teaspoon of chili powder. 
which is just like, don't even know what they're talking about. So I, if we're going to be completely honest, yeah, I, I actually, I mean, riffing on what you were saying, Dave, like I looked to see if Pelissa from Chat Thai had a LARP recipe out there online and she didn't. And I just ran into, but you know, let's not assume that Brett Sargent isn't a <laughs> Thai person. I don't know. Oh no. Well, yeah, it's, it's possible. I think. They, they, well, not. listen, also they could have dated a Thai person or, 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 or seen a picture of Thailand. Well, or, or, or gone a semester abroad. This is a yeah, dangerous road. <laughs> I listen, I agree. I, I, part of the reason why I, I, I struggled. You guys are right. I was trying really hard to find it. And, and there aren't that many, there's nothing out there. And I'd welcome other recipes. I did like how easy this was, though. That was helpful to me. I'll make. I think. Again. I think definitely there's stuff out there, but it's like you know. I don't. I think those first pages of the Google search results or whatever. We've talked about this before, but you know they're not bringing those up, right? They're probably somewhere, or especially <laughs> in cookbooks. But like that's not the thing that Google is like bringing to the to the fore. Brett Sargent, I'm sorry. We're all sorry. We were making fun of you, but we're leaving this in there. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here i'll tell you the biggest fuck up that i did right away i once i looked at the recipe i looked at it once didn't follow any of the of the measurements and i clearly took a wrong turn right off the bat i took the time to crush in a mortar and pestle the rice i used short grain because that's all i had i didn't have sticky either and toasted it and then <laughs> I should have read the recipe because I immediately added it. To the <laughs> <laughs> no. You just threw it into the, the like you no. fried it with the rice yeah, powder. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> and I didn't have any more pork to cook, um, so it came out great. Long story short, came out fucking great. It was delicious, but there was a slime. I made rice slime. <laughs> In the in the larb, it was like I slimed my larb because it was covered in rice goo. But it was still uh, good. I mean, I, I it wasn't. It was like a, I put like mountain yam, grated mountain yam wow. in, in with the larb. Your, your ground pork won a Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Award yeah, and got slimed. It was great. The flavors were delicious, and yes, it wasn't maybe authentic, whatever. But man, like. I love larb. It's one of my favorite dishes. And um, this is something that I'll probably make again for sure without doing the rice disaster. <laughs> and actually, you know, even though it's, we don't know the, <laughs> the, uh, well, you know what? the background of bread, you know, it's still at least, I've seen a lot of larb recipes, like quote unquote larb recipes that are kind of Americanized into just like, stir-fried pork recipes, you know, just in a hot pan. And I think that the fact that it it does call for, you know, like cooking the meat in a broth or water, I think that's true to like, you know, how it would be, I think, in Laos or Thailand or something. So that's good on you, Brett. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know what? It could, Brett, could really be, because I've had a lot of Thai friends growing up, and a lot of times they just shorten their last name, right? Yeah. Because their last names can, not all of them, can be extremely long. So it could be like Brett, Sergeant, Shavaprad, yes. Dumrock. <laughs> We're racially you know? profiling. <laughs> this is I just amazing. don't feel comfortable that with this. Amazing. I was like, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, this would be a fun opportunity to make a long Thai last name joke, but I can't do it without being racist. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to be racist. I'm simply saying it could could literally just shorten the name. Let's assume, let's assume that it, that is what it is. Um Oh, one other thing, one, oh, man, I'm really taking the Dave role in this episode, but one other thing I really liked, uh, another little revelation for me was, um, I wanted sticky rice with this and I had a bunch of sticky rice left over from our stuffing episode right. still. I still had 400 pounds of Thai <laughs> sticky rice in my pantry. So, uh, man, microwave sticky rice worked really fucking well. Like it just, it worked well because you can, I didn't have to worry too much about getting like perfect, you know, sushi rice style grains. And I like. I really 
uh, indoctrinated you. I brainwashed I feel, you. Yeah. I, have, I, have, I have the fucking Manchurian candidate out here now. I'm the microwavian, <laughs> microwavian candidate. Chris, it's not easier to microwave when the recipe calls for raw cabbage. You took an extra step to microwave the cabbage. <laughs> no, but the cabbage, the cabbage is not making it easier. It was making it, uh, it was making it whiter for me and my, my, my white taste. But the sticky rice was nice. It was because I didn't have the sticky rice is a pain in the ass to make. Can I say that uh, when I made this, I think my wife said this is the first time where all the recipes are great. I had a hard time. These were I. Uh, this was a good week of eating. Yeah, all and three actually, of these you were know, a good week of eating. I cooked them like one each recipe, one after the other. I just bought like a huge amount of ground pork and just knocked these all out like day after day, and I wasn't really sick of ground pork. I think it's a. I bought. I, I, I'm with you, Rachel. I have more, and I'm gonna <laughs> use more of it. So let's get into let's get into the business this here. Let's get into cast. let's get back to the the chicken poop and pork cast. Yeah. Um, let's Rebrand. get into the business of of voting, starting with Dave Chang's Frickadeller pork burgers. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Chang. Can I can I can I just sort of save us some time here? I think everyone's going to get a <laughs> thumbs up on all the recipes. So we're going to head towards this like, you know, potential tie. I think what we have to ask ourselves and be honest here and tell me if I'm wrong and shut the fuck up, which one are you going to make the most moving forward? No, I think that's the exact, I, I mean, we were going to get there and you've, you've jumped to the conclusion, which is, yeah, which one of these are you truly going to refer to most often? And it's hard because I will great. legit make all three of these again. I will legit make lard pork burgers and Dana noodles again. You could make a larb burger with saltines. <laughs> oh my god! This is like when people make pho cocktails or whatever. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. Uh, let's do. Let's let, before we answer that. Let's do this. What about the people in your family? What did they in your households? What did they, what was their rankings of these? I I think I did a disservice to Rachel by serving it like an hour or ninety minutes after I made it. But it was still really good and everyone ate it. I think that if it was served in the moment, it, I don't know. This, I've, really, I've really been having a hard time deciding w- which would be best. I, I think my wife liked the larb the best. What did, what did uh, Eli like, Rachel? Well, I think in our house, yeah, it's, it's so confusing because like everything was so good. I think, you know, I won in my household. <laughs> but partly because you know we both we love larb but it was kind of a like I just made it with rice and those vegetables and that was our dinner and I don't know that that was like enough of a dinner right like whereas the noodles for me felt like more of a whole meal so that's part of why like that would be the one that feels most complete to me and i don't i don't know it's uh, but rachel i, I don't want like to say this. this i liked your dish a lot really was it made me f- miss sichuan food in new york city tremendously yeah really did it made me very sad but it's a lot of fucking work yeah which is why i don't know if i'd make it as much as i would the larb or the pork burgers I think I'm definitely like larb over pork burgers. <laughs> I mean, this is impossible because I, I I liked all three. And honestly, though, like I will make Dandan noodles again. I'll make larb again, but I will probably refer directly to the pork burger recipe again. I just like the saltines and milk of it. I think it's just a good fucking thing. I don't know. This is impossible. How do we pick a winner? Well, that's a tie then, right? Well, because what, 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 what do we do with the tie producers? What do we do? <laughs> There can Let's only be S- one. Sasha. Noxu cow. Noxu cow. Sasha pick the winner. <laughs> yeah. Who gave Just the most compelling it. who gave the most compelling uh, defense of their recipe? This is very similar to my book club that I started and I want to pick up again. It's uh you give a report on your book that you have chosen but you don't have to read the book whether or not you've read it. Yeah. It's oh it's my it's, gosh. A, it's really if uh, the best the winner of the book club is the person that... How can you say this to a writer? <laughs> may or may not have read the book. Rachel, right? everyone's still buying the book. Though. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's the book club uh, that right, we this should is all gonna do. Be, this this is is at, least, at least for this week, 
just Sasha, just tell us which of these three recipes sounds the best to you. Most compelling argument. Okay. Uh, so to me, the pork burgers is going to anger Rachel, you know, the dando noodles are going to anger Dave. Larb, everybody seems okay with that. But if we're going by how we picked last time with bananas, which was like, this is so easy, the Quaker duck, I mean, it was so easy. It was like, you could make it for your family so quickly. I feel like the pork burger sort of has to be, it's like the exact same reasoning of why we picked Quaker duck last week. But can Dave win? Is that possible? <laughs> Dave, he did. He won last week. This is a fucking sh- winning streak, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I, this I, is listen, officially it, a streak. I really fucked up. I was trying my best to never win. He I was trying to shoot win. the moon can, and then he took a heart. Exactly. That's what I did like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean. What's going on here? I feel like George Costanza. Every time I've tried to win, I don't win. And every time I try to lose, I'm, I'm winning. What's going on I here? I think this is, this is a, this to me. It is a very, it is a fully satisfying win. I'm happy for the pork burgers to win. Again, you guys all saw how hard this is. I think all three of these recipes and dishes are absolutely worth making. I'm going to refer to the fricadella recipe again. I, I, I will say that when I tasted the Dan Dan noodles when they were fresh, I was like, this is going to win. But when I had to think about how much work had to go in it, which was a lot more than I thought it was, I was like, eh. You know, is that going to be more than it's more work than I want when I could get it delivered? Ultimately, I think mm. the Dan Dan noodles were my wife's favorite for sure. But I think also sometimes I worry that she's just saying that because it's like the Asian one and she just wants to, she knows I'll accuse her of racism if she picks a different one. <laughs> but um, I think that she I whatever. Let, let's let's move on. I want to declare Dave the winner of this one, which means he gets to replace one of the items. Wait, wait, Rachel's shaking her head. Rachel seems a little sad. She's I'm acting like uh, 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 Josh Har- Hartley, ha- Harley, whatever his <laughs> name is, from the Senator Freshman Center from Missouri. You know, it's okay. Democracy is just, just not for me. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna skip Dave's inauguration? Um, all right, let me read the. Let me share the wheel again. Here we've got the wheel of recipes for anybody who's a first time listener. This determines our next recipe club meeting. I with can tell you right now what I want to do. The winner can choose something, correct? The winner replace. gets to replace ground pork with another item. Uh, uh, martinis. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, martinis. <laughs> okay. So, oh my God. As a continuity for <laughs> last time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just to remind everybody of what's on this wheel so far. <laughs> the list is martinis, meatballs, flatbread, jello, barbecue sauce, canned tuna, polenta, mapa tofu, and another entry for martinis, which Rachel put on there last time. And now we will have a third martinis on here. So um, this current wheel has a 3 out of 10, 30% chance of hitting martinis. I know what everybody wants. Anything left on here that nobody wants? I don't really want meatballs. Dude, I don't want meatballs too. We just basically did I know, meatballs. We just, this is like a purely pork podcast now. <laughs> well, at least when I've been on. <laughs> well, there will be a month in between this and the other ones. Uh, all right, I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm Martinis, <laughs> martinis, martinis. Mar- oh my God. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> oh God, man. Oh. Wait, so it landed on polenta, which I don't think the, dis- the disappointment is so much about polenta as it is not landing on martinis. No, it is disappointment because there's only so many things you can do. And can we just say you can do any cornmeal type of thing? Sure. Because it's just a, it's, it's semantics, really. Oh, it's about a fine gosh. cornmeal. It, the, the the wheel is incredible. The wheel is truly incredible at finding the one thing that none of us thought about <laughs> then ultimately don't want. I mean, polenta, who the fuck makes polenta at home? I I feel more fine with polenta than I do with meatballs or or jello. And next next time we can just have four martinis. I, I think that the the ultimate What's ultimately going to happen, I'm calling it right now, is there will be nine martinis and canned tuna, and we'll still get fucking canned tuna. That's what's going to happen. I'm That's calling why it. I said that you can't ever hope for something. It's just not... But you just... I mean, that's that's what your tattoo says. Can we just yeah. throw a quick, 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 uh, quick uh, ballpark? What do you think you're going to make with a cornmeal slash polenta, Rachel? Oh. First thing off the top of your head. 
uh, off the top of my head, there's like a Deborah Madison polenta gratin recipe that I've made in the past that maybe I would look at again. I'm not sure. It's like, it was from, I, I used to make it when I was younger and had more energy. So I don't know that I would do it again now, but that's a thing that I've liked before. I was just Googling around for some polenta desserts. I don't want to go savory. I'm not, I'm not the biggest, maybe like a shrimp and grits type of thing, but I think I'm going to do, I'm going to do something sweet. Oh, what shrimp and grits. I'm going to make, I'm, I, I think I know what I'm going to make. I'm going to make Johnny cakes. Mm. I, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I just wanted to fucking drink martini. I wanted a martini so bad. Who has uh, polenta? Like, do you? Do you guys cook with polenta? I have a bag. I make it every once in a while because Hugo likes a uh, change of pace from his constant diet of rice. Sometimes it's <laughs> <laughs> You know what I might fuck with? I might fuck with, because I actually just saw this downstairs. My wife bought like the pre-cooked polenta in like oh. a little load, like a little load Ooh, thing. Like I might that. just go I there like and that. see what happens. I like that. Um, what else, guys? Any any last thoughts about ground pork? Any, any t- big takeaways for you all? I might make vodka. From, from my <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's then gonna, make a martini. Yes, yes. Oh, polenta martini. We'll see you in a year. <laughs> um, all right. Well, everybody out there, give us five stars on the iTunes podcast page if you don't mind. Send emails into recipe club at majordomomedia.com. Our Facebook group is alive and and kicking, and almost convinced me to get my own Facebook account, but um. People are up there talking, guys. Have you guys have you seen that at all? There's people cooking and talking about stuff. And I encourage everyone or anyone on Facebook to to join that. Check out our Instagram. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank to you, the Rachel. Show. We love having you. You're, you're a lot of fun. Radish kale. Radish kale. <laughs> <laughs>